In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build, but was not able to finish. Or what king, going out to encounter another king in war, will not sit down first and deliberate? whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. With these words, Jesus attacks one of the most pernicious lies. And that lie is that the Christian life is easy. The truth, of course, is that life is hard, and the Christian life is even harder. We're bombarded with the opposite message. Life is good, we're told. No bad days. And the slick salesmen of Christianity, Inc., are busy telling us that everything gets better with Christ. Your finances will improve. Your relationships will instantly heal. You'll become at least 10% more attractive, depending on baseline, of course. You'll start living your best life now, and best of all, they say, Christianity won't cost you a thing. The only problem is that Christ himself makes the opposite claim. Following me, he says, will cost you everything. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. To follow Christ is to renounce all idols and all idolatry, even if those idols be the people who are most precious to us, parents, spouse, or child. Even if the idol be our own self, our own life. Even if the idol be our own happiness. Here is a profound, difficult, and life-altering truth. Whatever you cannot renounce, whatever you cannot let go of, that is your master, and you will be controlled by it. Whatever you cannot renounce, even if it is a gift from God, even if it is the most precious of all gifts, a spouse or a child or the life you've always wanted, whatever you cannot renounce will be your master. 
And even if you say, not me. I won't be controlled by anyone or anything. Well, you've simply enslaved yourself to you. Any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. Which means, too, that being a disciple of Jesus is not something that can simply be quarantined to a Sunday morning while the rest of the week you do you. Nor can being a disciple of Jesus be something that's simply added to your life. Like joining AAA just in case you run out of gas on your way to heaven. Being a disciple of Jesus changes absolutely everything. It changes who you are at the most fundamental level. And anything less is just playing Christianity. Most profoundly, being a disciple of Jesus means that you are no longer your own. For you have been bought at a price And that price is the very blood of God that was shed for you to make full atonement for all your sins. Christ was crucified for the whole world, that's true. But he was crucified for you. And for you in such a way that you are now his. Being a disciple of Jesus means being born again, being born from above, becoming an entirely new and different person, a new creation. Being a disciple of Jesus means that Christian is your identity. It goes deeper than your own name, for God has written his own name upon you. It goes deeper than your very soul and life For he is your life. It goes deeper than earthly family. For the true family of God are those who hear his word and do his will. In the second century, there was a great persecution that arose against some of the Christians. And many of them were imprisoned. Some of them were tortured. Some were even put to death. The point of all of this was to get Christians to renounce Christ. Among those who suffered was a man named Sanctus. He was arrested, questioned by the authorities, and the ancient account tells us that no matter what question was put to Sanctus, he would answer the same way. He would say, I am a Christian. When they asked him his name, he said, I am a Christian. His race, I am a Christian. What city he was from, I am a Christian. Whether he was slave or free, I am a Christian. Infuriated, they tortured him for hours on end, burned his flesh repeatedly, did everything they could to make him renounce Christ, and finally they killed him. The whole time they heard him say only one thing. I am a Christian. What does it mean 
to be a Christian, to be a disciple of Jesus. Because like Sanctus, that's what you are. It's your identity. It goes deeper than your name, deeper than your family ties, deeper than the color of your skin or your status in society. You are a Christian. And how then did the devil, how then did the world, how then did sinful nature treat Christ, our Master? Then so it will be for you. No servant is greater than his Master. You're not going to find the magical middle way of friendship with God and friendship with the world. You're not going to be so clever and so winsome as to live and confess Christ boldly and pay no cost. So here's the rather strange gospel, the rather strange good news to be found not apart from, but rather in these hard words of Jesus. If you find that being a Christian is hard, that living the Christian life has brought you difficulty and sorrow and frustration and trial. It's not because you're doing it wrong. It's because that is, in fact, what the Christian life is. We follow our Master, who is Himself the Crucified One. And so we, too, walk in the way of the cross. This is why Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. To be a disciple of Jesus is to partake of the cross. We might even put it this way. To be a disciple of Jesus means that this life isn't really what you thought it was. And this life isn't what people have told you it is. If we had to put a name on it, we might simply say it like this. This life is Good Friday. The Christian life is no joke. Believing that God loves you, that you are His beloved child, and yet suffering just the same, that's no joke. Being sinned against by others, being hurt by them, wounded deeply by them, is no joke. Watching the havoc and heartache that sin causes, watching family and friends and even those in the pews go the wrong way and sometimes even straying ourselves, is no joke. Experiencing body and mind deteriorate with the ravages of the curse or seeing it in others and then experiencing it ourselves, all while clinging to the promises of God all while facing down what looks like utter futility and meaninglessness and waste. is no joke. And of course, the approach of death and its inevitability, our powerlessness to save others or ourselves, is no joke either. 
Christian life is hard. It's a cross-shaped life, a Good Friday life. And to ignore this or confess against it doesn't make one wise or spiritual or optimistic or deep. It makes one a fool. And that's precisely Jesus' point with the example of the man who didn't count the cost and couldn't finish the tower. Or the king, who if he did not count the cost, would have been completely destroyed and his whole army with him. Jesus wants us to understand what it will cost to follow him. It will cost us our idols, every last one of them. Christ alone shall be our God and Master. His death and resurrection, the pattern of our lives. And His shed blood, our perfect righteousness. Though it may feel like it, or at times feel like it, your life really isn't a confusing mess. In fact, our lives are all quite simple. Each one of us is being conformed into the image of Christ. He suffered all manner of things, all manner of injustice and hatred and rejection, and yet he loved. He was sinned against, and yet he forgave. He faced the cross and its threat of meaninglessness, futility, and failure, and yet he set his heart on the Father's will. We don't choose our crosses. No one says, you know, I'd really like to have cancer because that's how God will bear witness to the nurses and doctors at Mission Hospital. No one says, you know, I'd really like to have my family torn apart because that's the cost of being faithful to God. No one says, you know, I'd really like to be in such debilitating pain that all I can even do is cry out to God for mercy, mercy for me and for the whole world. No one chooses their cross, but each will bear it. And if bearing the cross and being lifted up on it was the glory of Jesus, then strangely, this is our glory, too. When you look back at your life at the end of all things, it won't be the trophies or awards or degrees or even the good times that were your very best. It will be those times you suffered for what was good, for what was right, for what God in His Word gave you to do. Those will be the best times. They will be your glory. So dear Christian friends, let us love one another and be merciful to one another because it is Good Friday for every last one of us. Every last person in this room is suffering or on the brink of it, is under affliction or soon to be, is sorrowing or for a time rejoicing over the top of it. 
but it is Good Friday for all of us. Or as Paul puts it so simply, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Those dear Christians we know who have died, they've passed from Good Friday on to the next day. They've gone on to Holy Saturday. Good Friday is over for them, and now they rest, just as our Lord Jesus rested in the tomb, and they await the resurrection, just as our Lord Jesus is risen from the dead. We too may join them, but whatever the Lord has in mind, know this, Good Friday does not last forever. Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. And the scriptures say that our Father in heaven so loves us that he keeps track of all our sorrows. So precious to him are even our tears that he collects them in a bottle. He records it all in a book None of it will ever be forgotten. And as I said before, these present sufferings shall be our glory. Good Friday won't last forever. Easter is coming. For our Lord Jesus is risen, and we too shall rise. The curse will be removed. Death will be undone. The graves will be open and the dead will rise. The heavens and the earth will be made new. And all will be teeming with life and life in harmony with God. All things will be set right. All things will be made well. No, the Christian life isn't easy. But it is worth it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.